position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will be That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for... Members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 300, whoa, whoa, 390 of the best Linux games podcast. Yeah, bitches! been recorded for you on this Friday finally, first time in like two months that we've been on our release day, on time Friday the 15th of April 2022 at uh, 20 uh, uh, 8.30 yeah, 8.30pm left coast, pacific coast coast of the most pacific time, my allergies are fucking killing me, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign, so we have to abide by Ivor's final request before Ivor, that pink slip doesn't mean you're getting laid. You're fired! You're fired, Ivor! Mm. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends, the followers of the one true time and date format. Oh, excuse me. 2022 04 uh, 15. Uh, yeah. 2022 04 15. Yeah, it's Good Friday. 
Um, happy Passover, happy Easter, happy whatever the fuck it is. You do or don't do, I don't do anything. We have a big show for you this week, so let's get straight to our, straight to our top stories. The most important thing that happened, uh, as ever, this week occurred in the war, Russia's unprovoked war in Ukraine, where their flagship, uh, Russia's flagship, got sunk by two Neptune missiles and a bunch of drones to confuse their AWACS and threat assessment and counter ECCM uh, countermeasures and shit. Two 16-foot missiles hit the deck of this missile cruiser, this 570 person missile cruiser that fires cruise missiles uh, off of uh, off the coast of Ukraine and uh, put a giant fucking hole in it kill a lot of people on that boat uh, kill a lot of uh, sailors on that boat but the f- well war is not funny but this is just poetic justice because the next day I thought that was a fucking coup right there. Like, that is a fucking, oh damn, we just fucking sunk your fucking battleship. That's what happened yesterday. And this was shocking news to me uh, when I heard that the Moskva, the, the uh, Mo- Moskva, the Moscow, so it's like, you know, <laughs> It's not an aircraft carrier, but it is a fucking cruise missile gumbo with 500. It's a huge boat. Um, was getting towed back to port, which is not far. I mean, this is the Black Sea, Russia and Ukraine. You know, they have each have parts of the Black Sea. It's not like you know, like when the SS USS Cole was bombed by a raft filled full with Semtex in the Persian Gulf, which should have fucking sunk that ship. And that was a fucking massive ship. Thanks to the uh, quick action, in that case, of the coal, thanks to the quick action, quick and decisive action, during mess hour while refueling, managed to close enough compartments and, and muster the crew quickly enough to save that boat which returned to port from the Persian Gulf for refitting. That's normally what happens. If you're the captain of a fucking giant boat, you know, uh, uh, a destroyer or above, destroyer, missile class, uh, missile cruiser, gunboat, aircraft carrier, tanker, It is unacceptable for your ship to fucking sink. So here's what happened. Under 24 hours after the attack, after, you know, they got confused by the drones and then two giant 16-foot long missiles plowed right up their assholes, the boat exploded. Lots of crew was killed immediately. And that might that 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 probably contributed to the funny part, because fuck these guys. 
it's now like, I mean, if you haven't deserted the Russian, I, you know, they're following orders, but that's exactly where this is going to go. It's going to go to where people have to follow orders or they'll be shot because that's where Putin is willing to go. This was a humiliating disaster for Putin in the first place. But then, about 18 hours later, that's how close they are to port. Russian tugboat comes and they're towing it back to port and it sinks. If you know, you know, I know more about submarines than I do about fucking boats. But this is completely unacceptable. And this is your flagship. They didn't have the discipline, the naval engineering, the parts, the technical know-how, the anything. They just started towing the fucking ship and it sank to the bottom of the fucking Black Sea. Which is like the Ewoks rejoice! I I hope you like the Ewoks. I like the Ewoks. I like the side of of good and justice and freedom. Uh, and I love the Ukrainians, man. They are wily motherfuckers, and they are getting their asses handed to them. But here's the best part of this story. Do you remember? Um, like, fuck, has it been two months already? It's like two months, I guess, ago when this war. This unprovoked war of Russian aggression started in the Ukraine. This fucking war of choice, of conquest, uh, with no uh, Cass's belly, not nothing. All the fabricated lies of Putin. We're gonna go do Nazify Ukraine. Fucking uh, Zelensky's fucking half Jewish. I mean, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, he's a Nazi. Mm. Do you remember? And my God, I thought this was just the saddest and most awesome story I had ever heard at the time. There's an island called Snake Island, and uh, there's a famous recording of the Ukrainian. Uh, Ukrainian forces on that island responding to a hail from a Russian, an approaching Russian ship and they reply, you know, asking them to surrender and they reply with Russian gunship, Russian gunship, go fuck yourself. And subsequently all those people, all those Ukrainian defenders were killed by that self that that Russian gunship. That was the same Russian gunboat, the flagship of the Black Sea for the Russian Navy that sank to the bottom of the Black Sea yesterday, courtesy of two homemade, designed and manufactured in the Ukraine Neptune missiles, which have their it's really cool. They designed, they built and designed this missile system, which require. I, mean, I won't go into the details of it, but because I, I I read them, it, it's it's roughly based off of the old Soviet uh, KH nine, I think, um, missile. 
but with some improvements in terms of aeronautics and actual ability to get to its target. It has a a 16-mile range. It was fired from outside of Odessa, and this was why this was a huge deal, because the possibility for a naval invasion loomed large for the Ukrainians until they sunk their fucking flagship. Putin might and Putin has retaliated mightily already but you know God knows where this is all going to go I mean anyway I made my, my feelings clear about what we should be doing about this last week but what you and I should be doing is every and and what I've decided to do every week is highlight another charity that you can uh, give to to help with Ukrainian relief because it's not just the refugees that are four million fucking four ten million people have fled Ukraine. It's a fourth of their population. I'll, many of them have gone to Poland. It's just it's just a humanitarian disaster. Mariupol, the Red Cross can't get in there. There are people who are now starving to death in Mariupol. We can't help them. But what we can do is if you got 10 or 20 bucks, hit up donate.redcrossredcrescent.org slash UA slash donate and toss them some fundages. It'll make you feel better about yourself because these people are fighting the Ukraine. If you have disabuse yourself of any you know bizarre demented delusions that this is just a Ukrainian problem if Vladimir Putin is not defeated decisively militarily in the Ukraine which means that we are fighting we are using the Ukrainian people to fight a proxy war on behalf of the entire free world he will go on to a NATO country and then it will, you know, it will be all of us. It will be all of us. It will suck us into World War Three. I mean, everybody. That's the whole idea of World War Three is everybody get everybody has to play, whether you like it or not. So we owe it to these people to do everything we can, and you know, as a civilian and whatever, um, every week until this is all over, or until we're all dead. Uh, I'm going to be highlighting a different charity every week. Last week was UNICEF. This week it's Red Cross Red Crescent org UA slash donate. Whatever you can spare. And hopefully we, hopefully we will start sending them fucking F-18s and F-16s, man. F-18 Super Hornets. That'll solve their tank problem mighty quick. But uh, it looks like it, it was a massive symbolic victory. Oh, and the Russians, of course, say said there was a fire on board our ship. It went to the fucking, you know, uh, ammo storage, and it exploded the ship, and then we saved the ship and evacuated the ship. Yeah, no, evacuate. It's a Russian evacuation, meaning that those guys are dead. Um, and then we were towing it to port, which is true. 
when a storm came and sunk the ship. No, that means you guys just did not know what the fuck you were doing. They didn't they didn't know what the fuck they were. It's amazing that they lost their ship. And finally on the Moskva. Moskva. Russian gunship, Russian gunship. Go fuck yourself. Um on on the Mo- Moskva. What happened was here here's the Pentagon assessment. The two Neptune missiles hit the deck where the cruise missiles are. And for some reason, they had an armed cruise missile in the tube. And it exploded. That is what actually destroyed this this, this, uh, missile cruiser from 1983. But the funniest thing is the Russian excuse for how they lost their flagship is as if me, as an eight-year-old, after burning down my parents' house... My parents come home to the smoking ruin of the house, which is like down burnt to its foundation. It's cinders. There's no fire department, and I'm there smoking a cigarette, holding a box of matches. I say, Oh my God, what happened? Our house, we're homeless. I look, look, look. It wasn't the skinhead gang that tried to break in, I killed them. Don't worry about them. They didn't do this. I did this. I was I was playing with the matches and my collection of oily rags on the gas range. And boom! I mean, so don't worry, but don't worry about the skinheads. Can I get a raise in my allowance because I defeated the skinheads? That's exactly how embarrassing this is. They couldn't save this ship. It just speaks volumes. I mean, it's unthinkable. Like, there's Clausewitzian friction in war, in every aspect of war. But on a fucking vessel, 570 souls, 570 crew members, the, it's just, it just proves why fucking democracy is better than fascism. And I won't go into that whole fucking rant, but um, they couldn't save this ship that is unimaginable to me they were too incompetent to save this ship it wasn't just the damage that they had sustained they couldn't save this ship it speaks to like a lack of command and control and discipline and uh, basic capabilities among you know their navy and so they claim that it was just a, a fire that spread to, you know, the ammo storage. But here's the funny thing that disproves that. Immediately after the ship got hit, they sent every other aspect of their fleet back out into open water away from the coastline because they didn't want to get hit. Then, today, they attacked the factory where the Neptune uh, anti-ship missiles are made anti-ship missiles and missile system coastal defense system is what it's called um, are made and they're native to Ukraine Mm. God bless them I don't believe in God but you know alright so there we go that's our Ukrainian update for I mean because it's the end of the world could very well be the end of the world 
Um, you know, Vladimir Putin has as many nukes as we do. Mervs, baby, Mervs. So, more whiskey. As we forget that darkness, I've been sick all fucking week, but I played a lot, a lot of Nightmare Reaper. I am almost ready to do a review of Nightmare Reaper, but it's so good and it just keeps getting better. I need another maybe 50 hours in it, maybe another 40 hours in it to know what my real thoughts on Nightmare Reaper are. Um, But this week I did manage to fix my GPU drivers for my brand new 3080 Ti, 12GB, thank you. Um, which has significantly improved. It's like, it's part of it was just, um, because I, I reinstalled Mint before installing the, um, my new GPU. And I forgot that I had reinstalled Mint, so I had to reinstall, so, and I didn't realize, I was like, oh man, this is kind of disappointing because. I, expect, I had a 1080 Ti and I upgraded to a 3080 Ti. I expected the performance boost to be not just significant, not just noticeable, but actually kind of significant. I mean, you know, you're never going to get really super hyper significant boost. Up. But it was disappointing because it didn't seem like it was all that better. It seemed like it was at best kind of the same. And then I re- remembered, oh fuck, lib, lib, uh, uh, all the Vulcan stuff, uh, the Mesa stuff, um, cause all that got wiped out when I fucking reinstalled Mint, um, in des out of desperation just to try to get another day out of my fucking computer. But now all that's gone in and it's allowed me. It it is a it it's a significant. It's not a major, but it's a significant improvement, and uh, that brings us to our new and noteworthy this for this week. We have a good show for you this week. Our feature this week is a is our complete review, our definitive review, I think, of uh, Weird West. Um, but anyway, we have we have three new and noteworthies because I've been buying a lot of games this week and playing them on my 3080 Ti and we have an interesting assortment of them for you now, next week will be either a complete review of Nightmare Reaper or of Construction Destruction Fest a face-off between Abris and uh, Instruments of Destruction but, I wore basement with a new and noteworthy we gotta get the show on the road I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, first off, in our new and noteworthy is Abris, a game that's now finally in early access, and it is very similar to Instruments of Destruction, but it's also completely different. I've only gotten to spend like 15 minutes in Abris. I've completed the first three tutorial missions. Abris is like Instruments of Destruction if they want to make a massive futuristic 
science fiction demolition puzzle game which is kind of the opposite of what Instruments of Destruction is one of the reasons why I love Instruments of Destruction so much and I continue to love it, they just dropped a new um, update where they added the much requested structures editor so now you can build not only your own instruments to destroy the buildings, you can actually design and build the buildings yourself and then create maps with them and do all sorts of crazy shit I I did fuck around with the beta of the uh, structures editor and instruments of destruction and I was very unimpressed but it's very much in beta Um, other people have been more patient and educated and had more spare time than I did this week and I've already done amazing things like a thing that launches like all the buildings from the ground up into the sky which will destroy them but Abris is a different it's a very similar but different game it's Abris A-B-R-I-S-S is 15% off at $14.44 now through April 21st and Abris it's a physics massive destruction build things that destroy other things kind of thing but it's more like futuristic dominoes where inside of certain dominoes there are red cores that you have to destroy to complete the thing and you get bonuses for the least amount of uh, components that you use and how efficient you are, I don't know stuff like that it it all happens in this really cool futuristic looking floaty hyper destructive um kind of uh demolition dream world of the future it's a very different game from instruments of destruction but uh, like I said I have only had a chance to play it for 15 minutes it just came out into early access this week so that's Abris hopefully hopefully, I'll be able to get enough time in Abris this week so we can do an Instruments of Destruction versus Abris kind of intelligently formed feature next week because I'm still not ready to do a full review of Instruments of Destruction because they keep adding shit and I keep learning how to do different things and I've spent a lot of time in Instruments of Destruction up next a big fucking deal No Man's Sky one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life but which I do not play anymore for I haven't played I swore it off after like I guess two years ago 18 months ago maybe two years ago shit when uh, they they introduced a massive update that introduced powered components which destroyed all my bases that I had in my game and I had a lot of bases I've been to the center of the universe which takes you know between well the first time it takes 50 hours ish to 100 hours ish second time takes 200 hours third time you're never getting to the because it takes exponentially longer and longer and longer but it's one of the most brilliant games I've ever played, it's one of my favorite games of all time and over the intervening two years they've released enough updates now to the point where I am content with going back into the game 
Regardless of whether or not I can get my ship back, I don't think I can get my ship back. I do have my ship, and I have what's in my backpack, and that is a huge amount of shit. And the ship, the shit that's on my ship, blah. But over the intervening, uh, I guess two years, we can say two years since I last played the game, they've introduced so many updates, it's going to be a different game now. Like, they have a whole new planet generation algorithm. All, everything in No Man's Sky is procedurally generated down to the creatures, flora, and fauna. Um, the last time I played was just after the mechanized uh, robot suit update, but they've done other updates now that involve like the entire procedural generation of the planet algorithm and the solar systems algorithms, along with more ships, more capital ship stuff. I, cause I still, oh, and I also have everything that's on my capital ship, I think. Um, along with, I think they have fleets now and all sorts of other updates, but this last update really caught my eye. It came out this week. No Man's Sky, which right now is 50% off at $29.99 through April 21st, and I have over 360 hours in this game. So trust me when I say that it is a fucking unbelievable deal at $29.99. It will consume your life. You'll love it. They pushed out a humongous update this week called No Man's Sky Outlaws. All this is free. Once you have a license for No Man's Sky, all these updates come to you for free. They're not DLCs. (coughs) They integrate directly with the game and are automatically pulled down. (coughs) Which is one of the problems with that massive update where they added power components that locked me out of all my storage containers and then forced some of my bases to just disintegrate. Hopefully I'll be able to edit my... I have hundreds. I had... Well, first of all, I had dozens of bases. I had like 36 bases. Some of them were enormous. Some of them were massive hubs. Like massive hubs. Like taking up entire valleys. Like outside of the draw distance that was like... They went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I'm content to forego all of them and play again because Outlaws adds for the first time ever introspection into the No Man's Sky universe for the pirate raiders and the security forces that that not constantly but occasionally attack you and allow you to become a pirate. And I'm doing that. I'm totally doing that. I have to do I gotta do it. I have yet to play No Man's Sky with the new update, but uh, there you go. So that's No Man's Sky. Now, finally, in our new and noteworthy, before we get to our feature, which is our Weird West complete review. Yeah, we're, we're making good time here. For 20 minutes about Ukraine, we're making good time. Isn't that right, Ivor? Oh, we'll get the fucking case, won't we, Ivor? We'll get the case, Gregor! Um, what is that guy's name? Jonathan Price. Love Jonathan Price. He's so good in that movie. Ronan, for those of you who have not seen it. Oh, you want to talk to me about an ambush? I just ambushed you with a fucking cup of coffee. Um, it's a toolbox, you know, you know whatever, whatever, to, right tool, right job, you know. I personally I like 1911 myself. Anyway, moving on. 
I am. Oh, God, what was uh, Jarino's character in that name? I can't remember. Oh, man, he's so good. She would not be coming back here. No, you mean no kids. Jean Reno is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, finally, in our new and noteworthy, my updated graphics drivers and everything, let me take a second bite at the apple of Shredders, which is a snowboarding game. And I really liked the game when I first played it two weeks ago, I want to say, or a week, week, ten days ago. But it had all these performance problems and it seemed like the keyframes for the animations, which are essential to you actually being able to land tricks, were being affected by these performance problems, by actually the the game's engine's ability to render the action. Obviously, if you land on your head, you know, you're going to land on your head. But the the cycle of the animation, like let's say you're doing a forward flip, it seemed to be keyed directly to your performance, the performance of your graphics card, um, and that was just an intuition. I don't know if that's true, but I do know that the game is now not only just playable; it is magnificent. If you ever played, um, I'm trying to think of uh, some of the more realistic. What was Ivor? You're fired. What was that one hyper-realistic Session! Session. The name of that game was Session. Session is a realistic skateboarding game. Very realistic. It's actually the most realistic skateboarding game that's ever been created. This is like a cross between Session and uh, Skate. Skate XL. Which is also a very realistic skateboarding game what I'm trying to say is Shredders is like a very realistic snowboarding game that has humongous arcade SSX slope style freestyle elements to it with a persistent storyline that is just charming. It's done by all done by an independent developer. It's $29.99. I like this game a lot, especially when I'm high. And, I, and I'm not going to play Nightmare Reaper, which I'm not going to talk about this week at all because I've been averaging six hours of Nightmare Reaper a day every day for the past week. But Shredders looks great, controls great, uh, has a fun storyline that is just so goofy with decent voice acting. You can't see anyone's faces because everyone's wearing balaclavas and uh, goggles, which is cool because it cut down on, I guess, their development costs for having to do the facial rigging and animation. And also, like, having that face underneath there does eat up geometry and shit, I guess. Uh, so the whole thing, like, happens, like, in one, you know, pretty load-free cutscene. It's not as good as SSX or SSX2, which I think are the two best snowboarding games ever made, followed by Cool Borders 2 for the PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1, I can't remember. Um, But Shredders is up there, and it is it's a little different to control. It takes a minute and a half to get used to the unique control system of Shredders, but it is a very good snowboarding game. 
And if you if you like snowboarding games, like I do, um, you should definitely check it out. It's twenty nine dollars ninety nine cents. It's not on sale. That's full price. Um, and I think I don't know if it's in early access or not. Let's see. Ivor, you're fired. This shit needs to go in the rundown. I told you, buddy. Yeah, I played it for two hours. Dude, okay, so recent reviews, overwhelmingly positive, 680. Oh, yeah, so all reviews, overwhelmingly positive, 680. Came out March 16th, 2022, so it came out, like, last month, tomorrow. They've sold... Oh, wait, I... Oh, no, that was a different game that I was thinking of. Uh... What was I looking for here? Oh yeah, is it in early access? Uh, no, it is out of early access, it looks like. Yeah. So, they're done with the game. They they pushed a patch March 30th and it looks like they'll, you know, keep patching it and stuff. This was a very good game for an independent developer. The name of the developer is called the name of the developer is Foam Punch and they self-published Foam Punch. You'll be Remember that name. You'll be hearing more from them. Oh, and the multiplayer works out of the box on Linux. Um, and it's just the right blend of free roam, slope style, mission based, blah, but with this integrated multiplayer shit and story mode. The story the story missions are goofy, but they also replace the need for like an entire you know, tutorial, because the game will teach you how to fucking play by doing the missions. It's really, really cool and incredibly accurate. Like, I, I'm not a snowboarder, buddy. I'm barely even, I can barely even skate. And by skate, I mean roller skate, bitch. Captain Roller Disco with my 8-track Walkman. I like to go to the boardwalk. Are you walking? Oh, ladies love the way I walk on. Ladies, man, no time to talk. Ha, 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 ha. 360, you know, with the giant, giant, big-ass roller skates. Yeah, that's me. And, like, the fucking Boston Celtic 1987, 1985 style uh, basketball shorts. Yeah, bitches! Yeah, I got fucking giant foam headphones on, my E-Track Walkman, which they never made. So I had to make it. I designed it in my basement. So that's Shredders. Now, Ivor, would you like to base them with the feature? Please! Oh, it's a review. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. So, our review this week is of Weird West, which is an independent uh, live action take. It's, it, it, the whole game takes place in like a three-quarters demi-symmetric world with a free-roaming camera. Um, with three different zoom levels, like from close to far away, um, in an alternate, in a psychotic alternate, counterfactual, old west 
kind of world, but it's very much inspired by Fallout 2 with live action combat, real time combat, uh, upgradable shit for your character in terms of gear and two different skill trees, one that is persistent between your characters, because like eventually you you complete you know, your first adventure is just your first adventure. Your first character is your first character. I didn't know this, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. So, because this is an Old West pseudo... Oh yeah, in this counterfactual Old West, pseudo Old West uh, weird West universe which is hyper-stylized with, like, all sorts of gothic steampunk um, elements and cannibalism and witchcraft and Lovecraftian stuff and demons and bad guys and cannibals and rival gangs and criminals and lawmen and innocent civilians and burying the dead and crossfires and bounty hunting and fucking oh look motherfuckers you thought you got me but look at your feet that's cluster dynamite oh it didn't go off cause it's raining well I guess we'll shoot that after all the sensation of free will in this game is amazing it's so good it's a legit looter shooter RPG where you go through many different, I guess many different, I've, I only beat the game with the first character and I thought that was going to be the end of the game it took me like 36 hours to do it and I really enjoyed it 36.2 hours I've spent in that game and I've gone a little bit into the second character that you spawn as after you complete the first character's adventure but because it's oh yeah Congratulations to these guys who, uh, these guys and gals, I guess, who uh, did uh, Weird West, who designed it, uh, is published by Devolver, which is how you know that it's going to be a good game. Because Devolver has never published a bad game, and this is not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. But this is pu- this was developed by Wolf Eye Studios. Um, it came out March 31st, 2022, so two weeks ago. Um... It is out of early access, but they have sold over four hundred thousand copies as of this as of this broadcast. Um, so, congratulations to them! I love it when you know the good guys win. One problem I have with this game is that I don't know if the cinema works in the game because it shows a lot of cinema stuff here. This has been a com common problem for me lately with a bunch of new releases but anyway so far all reviews have been mostly positive 1125 and uh yeah because it's set in the old west and it's such a it's it's a it's a really good game i'm gonna have a hard time i i i have not decided if this earns our highest honor yet i'll decide at the end of it at the end of the review i've broken the review into three sections the good, the bad, and the ugly pilgrim. Luckily, the good outweighs both the bad and the ugly combined. But, anyway, I'm just going to go through my little list here, read it out to you, tell you what I thought. 
about Weird West. The good. It's a skill based the, the skill the combat in this game is player skill based combat in real time. And it becomes increasingly addictive as you upgrade your weapons or as you get better weapons or choose different approaches to what you want to do or get more skills. There are two separate skill trees in the game. One is Golden Aces, and these persist across all your characters. So when you complete an adventure as one of your characters and spawn as an entirely new character, he still gets all your Golden Aces skills that you've assigned by collecting Golden Aces in your previous game. You lose all of the uh, the purple the purple relic skills which sucks because those are hard to find and those are the best skills in the game more or less but every character has different stuff so I guess you kind of have to lose them but it, it still sucks but as you upgrade those purple skills to like make your character more able to do what you want in the intense real time gunfighting combat which includes such things as jumping which is rare in a demi-isometric two thirds you know two thirds camera perspective game um you can jump you can dive roll and you can use the especially important is to use the environment to your advantage to read a situation very quickly and to make intuitive you know take intuitive uh, action it's fast paced you'll fuck it up a lot but eventually you'll get good at it and it becomes very addictive especially as once you get you know marginally better weapons or weapons that you like the stealth mechanics which I did not expect this game to have even at all, are really good. They're really good. There's covering and this is outside of gun gunfighting. Like, you can use cover dynamically to your advantage before you're detected. Because a lot of the game is spent infiltrating giant, you know, enemy fortresses or settlements or encountering uh, enemies either in ambush or whatever where you have a choice of how you're going to go at it um, the complex environments like I said they reward quick thinking and desperate decisions and when I say complex environments I mean like I said like there's this one time where I was trying to dynamite this uh, fucking bounty as he crossed this bridge and I threw all this dynamite and it just would not go off and so I would get detected and all of a sudden I'm fighting 30 guys at once and I was alone back then I didn't have a posse or anything and so I would just keep dying and I was like why won't my dynamite go and then I realized it's raining and that puts out the fuses also if you throw dynamite into a fucking puddle it puts out the fuses um lamps can be picked up, thrown, carried, or shot and explode into clouds of fire. You can kick over oil barrels, kick over toxic barrels, flooding entire areas of the map, then shoot them. One little spark will ignite either of those, uh, the vapors from from poison barrels or the oil, 
and just create deadly flaming oil slicks. Uh, you can shoot with a rifle or bow and arrow at long range. Um, any convenient lamp or anything. You can shoot switches if you want from across the map. Um, it's cool. That's really neat. And it, it really does play a factor. The enemies can, like, the, the, the complex environments, another aspect of it is how it plays into stealth. Hiding in tall grass makes it very difficult for uh, any enemy who is not actively already searching for you to see you. Um, being seen through a window of a building by a patrolling guard in an enemy-controlled town will get you discovered. If it's at night, chances are he won't really see you. And if you stay away from the windows and stay hunkered down, they're not going to see you at all. And the mini-map is okay. Gives you a good idea of what's going on in the immediate area. What's cool is the game is designed to be played so that really only what your character could see at any given moment is shown on the mini-map. So as you move through a town or a large uh, you know, mine or a hacienda that's been overtaken by bad guys or whatever containing many outbuildings and you know interior rooms and a main mansion kind of thing um let's say you're looking for one person they're not going to show up on your mini map until you go and scout it and you have to see them you have to walk within like you know you have a very good range of vision but that, I think that's a neat conceit and it makes every bounty mission that you do for most of the first part of the game very interesting um, the total sense of free will that you get in this game is very similar to the total sense of free will you get in Fallout 2 which for the record and I'm, I'm thinking about changing this but I put it in my, fir- in my, in my book Blue Wizard is about to die and I, I still tentatively stand by it even though that was 20 some odd years ago that was 19 years ago when Blue Wizard first came out that's a pretty good fucking track record to only be tentatively regretting choosing a pick for the single greatest video game of all time Fallout 2 was it and it still kind of is but the reason I love that game so much was the total sense of free will and it is very much present in Weird West. I mean, you want to hunt? You want to set up camp? uh, Hunt and heal and then cook food because you have no bandages? You can do that. You want to uh, hunt for skins and stuff and food and stuff? You can do that. You want to sell the skins to make money? You can do that. You want to save the skins to upgrade, you know, your vests and stuff or make new vests, you can do that that's body armor, by the way vests standing for body armor wanna get rich, wanna wanna get, wanna get wanna get filthy crazy rich, you can do that to what end, I don't understand um wanna kill every single human being, ghost spirit, witch demon, pigman wolf creature, bear, snake, child, woman, hostage that you come across, you can do that. 
want to kill all the fucking merchants in a town, want to liquidate the entire town, you can do that. Not recommended. Uh, want to focus on, want to focus only on the story, want a quick, you know, 15 hour worth of a game experience, you can do that. Want to buy a horse, you can do that. Want to hire a posse, want to go it alone, you can do that. Want to hire a posse of only the best gunmen and outfit them with only the best equipment and keep them alive. You can do that. Want to buy a want to explore the entire map and find every fucking location which persists across all the characters that you might play as go for it bitches great want a posse raise money you can hire up to two guys who will follow you when they die they die forever there's several other thing that's in the good several interesting gameplay mechanics that there's several very interesting gameplay mechanics that are woven not into like binary dialogue box choices but into the actions that you take just as the player in the game and this is like something I don't know why developers don't do this more um yeah woven into actions not binary dialogue choices or dialogue trees like if you free a slave or someone who's gonna get eaten by the cannibals instead of like killing them or whatever you make a friend for life maybe next time that you are besieged by an enemy force and you you kill a lot of people in this fucking game kill a lot of bad guys hopefully in this fucking game but next time you're getting your ass kicked or you and your posse are getting your asses kicked by bears, by whatever, wherever that person might come back with a gun and save your ass and it happens pretty frequently which is cool um, if you rob graves, you'll lose reputation. If you stealth kill, rob, burgle, and don't get caught, none the wiser. Um, abandon a bounty that you a bounty contract that you've signed on to, or let before the time expires, or just let the time expire before you get to it. Well, you make a vendetta; they will come after you. Um, kill major gang leaders you will enjoy an endless for the rest of that adventure um, assault of revenge seekers from the remnants of that gang who will find you from time to time as you check into towns another good thing in the good category this game has a crazy psychedelic art style and I love the bizarro west even though it does have magic and demons and witches and it's got steampunk elements and stuff that you know I normally hate all that shit I don't like counterfactual stuff but it's so good and the game has such a crazy excellent idea of where it's taking you with it with itself stylistically and what it wants to be that it, it, it will win you over and also in the good category the game is fast paced in every way from like the quick saves to the persistent saves your quick saves are are persistent too, the game auto saves for you all the time as well, so it expects you to die a lot and you will Um, 
this means like you know you can quick save just when you have the perfect position so you might think uh, to ambush like a bounty target with like you know a huge retinue of guard of, of uh, henchmen and other outlaws and then watch it go wrong every fucking way you can try to slice it and then you can even be safe scum and load up a persistence save uh, but it, this, the whole system, the whole interface for all of that is so fast and the dying doesn't even become a problem it just becomes like an experiment and rarely does the game become frustrating because you can't get, you can't do what you want to do there's always generally a way to do what you need to do or want to do, especially in the story modes. Um, and there's all sorts of weird factions, enemies, and uh, the places persist on the map that you've discovered from character to character as you blot. And there's also a persistent uh, time and day, night cycle. There's a persistent calendar. And it's neat to see how your actions affect the news Uh you get like you can find like frontier gazettes that have like that week's news in them and lots of times you'll be in them that brings us to the bad earning enough money to buy a horse is really hard and earning it the same way as earning enough money to buy a safe deposit box but you get better at the game the game expects you to leverage in a roguelike fashion your own skills and strategies and knowledge from your previous runs to make your next character get to you know be able to do what they need to do or want to do or what you want to do with them much faster and that's true but it's still very difficult to earn enough money to buy a horse or a safe deposit box which is a universal storage location that's shared by any town that has a bank um, but those are the only two useful persistent storage things, your horse which is the only really useful one other than, you know, your companions and they can get killed and I made it, I only lost one companion in my first adventure um, but w- you're using them as pack mules a lot pack mules with guns and intelligence that can help you kill a lot of people if you're in trouble um, so if they get killed like you can be saddled with like a dead fucking teammate who has full inventory and that's just, it sucks it sucks because they can be down in the bottom of a fucking mine and you can have full inventory at that point too so you gotta backtrack and if you don't have a horse it's a big pain in the ass to go all the way back to a town even all of this conspires to make the game a little bit too much about inventory management which can and does become kind of tedious but it's also a really good system I think because like it's a simplified you know there's no encumbrance it's just inventory management each item takes up a single slot you only have 43 slots the inventory cannot be expanded Speaking of the bad, the camera zoom until you get really good at playing the game with the gamepad. The camera zoom, which is controlled by clicking down on the, the right stick, um, frequently interferes with intense combat as you panic. Um, at least until you get used to it. You get used to it after about 15 hours, 20 hours. Once you can really just start killing with impunity, 
you calm down a lot more and you're, you're more comfortable with dying also. So you don't have a tendency to, I don't know if you're, if you're anything like me, you know, I had a thumb injury too, so I can't really feel the pad on my right thumb uh, anymore. But uh, I, I always pound that fucking thing. And in this game, like you'll go from like the perfect camera zoom level to like right up close or from right up close, right when you need it to super far away when you exactly don't need it. Um, I don't like the fact that the, the map is static and that the locales themselves are actually static. I was led to believe they, they have been procedurally generated. They are not. But you have to discover them all. Also, this is probably my biggest complaint about the game. Any town with um, with merchants, each merchant type will only buy or sell certain types of items. So you have to go, like if you have, if you want to sell your junk, you have to find a general store. If you want to, if you want to buy arrows, you have to find like the the Skinner Trapper Trader guy. If they don't have one, you can't get any arrows. If they have one and you've bought all the arrows like within the past two weeks, three weeks, something like that, they won't have any arrows to sell. Same thing goes with doctors, medicine, gun shops, ammo and explosives can be impossible to find outside of scavenging off the dead, which is a big fucking pain in the ass. But once you get like the most of the the major trading points, in the map discovered, you can figure out like how you're gonna where you're gonna go, where you need to go whether you need something or you don't so yeah, dynamite all the different types of dynamite um, all the different types of ammo blah, I wish you could also buy nuggets, but anyway so but yeah, bandages also, the only thing you can really use to heal yourself mid-combat are bandages, and they get very difficult to find as you keep buying them up, so you gotta keep exploring and finding new towns but the cool thing is about the health thing is if you survive combat, and you know, blah, you can always walk outside of town and then on the map, just like click outside of the, outside of, you know, whatever location you were at, and set up camp there and hope to hunt, but before you hunt you can hit the hay in your tent, which you spawn right next to, this will heal you and all your companions, and then you can hunt. Because, like, sometimes, like, there's nothing there. Sometimes there are bears. And bears are brutal in the game. Um, also, finally in the bad, my first adventure, my first story character came to an end without any warning. There was no, like, well, once you pass this point, partner, you better have tied up all loose ends, cause no, I didn't do anything like that, I just fucking rescued my husband, and the game ended and I respawned as something else something drastically different from my former character, but that meant that I lost everything that that character had including all the money and I didn't even have a chance to tie up some loose ends that I did want to tie up, like killing certain people who had caused you know, my disaster and who are really behind all the evil that had visited me in my life. And now for the ugly, and these are basically just like some major complaints that I have about the game. 
overall, I think the game could have used another two months before release in early access. Because I don't think this game had an early access release at all. And I think they did this because of Bad West, which came out like right at the almost right at the same time. There's like parallel discovery, some parallel simultaneous discovery. We'll talk about Bad West some other uh day, but um there are some bugs, and I also feel that like the game could have benefited from from some player feedback at the very least, if not just some real legit Q and professional Q and A passes. So here's some of the bugs. Um, one of the most irritating bugs once you get a posse together, once you get one or more companions with you, is that sometimes companions won't spawn once you reach uh, your destination and you spawn on the map. This is super easy to fix. You just go to load, load last save, and it'll load up the autosave that it automatically generates before it generates you in whatever location that, you know, you're gonna explore. And then they'll work. Sometimes, though, companions get stuck. Like, it's not that, it's not that they get stuck, like, on any object or anything. It's just they won't follow you anymore. And you have to go back and find them, and then stand on them and it'll push them away and you have to do that two or three times and then they'll suddenly become non-exanimate again really irritating and especially like I said because you generally rely on these guys as pack mules with guns so you either need them to help you kill a lot of people and then help you loot a lot of people or you need them for the stuff that they have because they're the pack mules like picks and shovels and stuff um, there's some uh bizarre camera angles, especially in the interior, especially moving from inter- exteriors to interiors, and especially in multi-story um structures. It can make spotting enemies or other crucial, like you know, essential elements um within the building very difficult to see and very disorienting. It's not a persistent thing. The game generally plays great, but sometimes, like, you, it's just it can be really frustrating um quest, quest items that you cannot ditch until you complete the quest, occupy an, a crucial single inventory slot one per each they cannot be ditched they cannot be gotten rid of so if you end up taking a lot of side quests that are long or longer that means you you can't ditch the item, you can't get out of your inventory you just have to hope that you'll be able to complete that side quest some of them are open-ended side quests though I have a box in my inventory as my second character from my first character you need every single one of those inventory slots, there should be a separate compartment in your inventory for quest items you can't sell them, you can't get rid of them you can't dispose of them sucks also in the ugly the upgrade system which involves for weapons nuggets gold uh, copper silver and gold nuggets respectively is very confusing and difficult in the forge because you can take you can buy multiple nuggets into a bar and then sell the bar you could sell the nuggets though at a general store I think. But if you combine two nuggets into a bar, that bar breaks down into one nugget. 
You can only sell bars to the bank. It makes no sense. And it's very confusing. The Forge interface is extremely confusing and made me waste so much shit before I figured this out. Um, it could be much better. They're, they're especially obtuse, those, those mechanics. The multiple storylines thing is super cool. I like that. Because it forces you to... Um, for first, it adds like infinite replay, a lot of replayability as you play through the game from a totally different character's perspective. And, you know, and it's not just like in terms of like how people react to you. Like, first time I played as a bounty hunter, now I'm a pig man, and human beings hate me. So it forces me to explore a lot of different play mechanics that maybe I had or had not explored previously. But losing all of your money and skills, your non-golden aces skills, is really brutal, especially the fact that it happens without warning. You can accidentally beat the game without knowing that you're about to lose everything that you have. I and I, especially when it comes to golden aces, I left the game with I beat the game and I lost like three golden aces, which is at least enough for one upgrade point in the persistent upgrade tree. And there's finally, and this is just a, a quibble, but I think the game would be much cooler if there was some way for you to build, establish, or join an outlaw camp of your own that you got to place someplace and then have to endure lawman raids. Because one of the cool things about that is you could store your stuff and you could place it strategically because like in the environments, everything, everything matters in this game. Like if you build in a pig, or if you're going through a pigman swamp and you have a random encounter, chances are it's going to be pigmen and they're fucking they're not fun to play with. They're not fun to fight. They're they're very dangerous, psychotic motherfuckers. Um, so, like, you could build, like, you know, like, if you got to choose your location, you could build, like, just outside of, you know, blah, chimney flats or whatever, you know, I don't know, I'm making up that name. Grackle. Wherever the fuck. That's the first town that you come to. Um, and then you'd have to, like, endure lawmen, but you could also park... You could also build up like a real posse of guys you could park there and maybe turn them into tradesmen so that you could have like a little town building interface or a camp building interface and maybe you could even break camp and move it whenever you want for a fee. I know I'm it's I I wrote that down and I was like wait that sounds kind of like Red Dead Redemption 2 but this would be much more free will based. You know, blah, and would give you a place to store your shit, even if you're on foot, because it's difficult to store and manage your shit. And inventory management becomes a big part of the game. So, does Weird West earn our highest reward uh, award that the Best Links Games podcast can bestow on any game? The worth full price, any price, all price, every day, any day award. That is to be determined. But right now, I have to say no. With with the caveat, only because it's thir- it's forty bucks. The game is forty dollars. The attention to detail, the story, the dialogue, all that stuff, 
it's great. It makes the game worth it, but worth full price, any price, all prices every day, any day, I'd have to beat it another couple more times with the other characters. By the way, the timeline, all your actions carry over between your characters. So, I'm on day 67, even though it's the first day of me being a pig man, because I spent 67 days on my revenge quest as a bounty hunter. Anyway, that'll do us for this week. I will see you next week with, uh, yeah, more of the best Linux games that you know and love. Again, check out No Man's Sky, 50% off now through April 21st, and absolutely just go buy Nightmare Reaper. I'm telling you, we haven't reviewed it yet. Go buy Nightmare Reaper. It's one of the best. I, I'm, I love it. I love it a lot. All right, that'll do us. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.